When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experience, outdoor adventures in Florida's natural springs and so much more Orlando has it all and visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip in Orlando anything is possible if you can imagine it and that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com introducing the Lisa chill collection your answer to hot nights these mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Today, we officially mourn the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, the implications of the trade and what it means now that he's out for the year, Zach Wilson, the AFC East, just a crazy time. I mean, I I stand by what I said the other night. That was nuts. Uh, So we'll dive into every angle there, plus some other stuff around the league. And uh, we will also do a little Middlecoff mailbag. And that is just my Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your questions answered on the show. It's just my Instagram. At John Middlecoff. At John Middlecoff. Fire in those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. I did a long pod yesterday. You know, obviously reacting to the game. Jets won, obviously. And some of the takes from Sunday that, you know, me and Colin didn't touch on. Obviously, the Chargers. So if you haven't listened to that, go check that out. And I think the plan is just to have podcasts all week. So... We got a lot of content flowing. It's football season. Buckle up. Let's have a good time. And if you listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to Three and Out feed. Appreciate everyone that does. Hopefully everyone's, you know, beside Jets fans are having a good day. And uh, let's try to enjoy ourselves and talk some football. And before we dive into some football talk, right before I came over to record this podcast, I'm doing it a little later than usual. My girlfriend said, do you know that Fresno State's playing ASU? I'm like, yeah, I, I knew that. She's like, you want to go to the game? I'm like, yeah, yeah, why not? Let's just get out of the house Saturday night, go to the football game, have a good time, watch my dogs take on the Sun Devils and beat them for their second Power 5 win in three weeks. I said, yeah, it's a great idea. And you know what? Let's use the Game Time app because I have it on my phone. You should have it on your phone as well. It happens to be the official ticketing app of this podcast. If you go to your smartphone, go to your apps and download the Game Time app. And when you do, buy a pair of tickets to a football game, 
to a playoff baseball game, if you want to go to a concert, a comedy show. And when you do, use the code JOHN, that's my name, J-O-H-N, and get $20 off your first pair of tickets. Highly recommend it. Don't even need a thank you. Just get out of the house. Go enjoy yourself. Significant other, your son, your daughter, a parent, and go have fun and do it on us. Promo code John, Game Time app, any single event. You go to the Game Time app, search it. If you can find it, you can buy tickets and you can get a discount with the promo code John. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, I think we alluded to it on Monday night when we were recording the podcast that all signs indicated that the Achilles was ripped, which we all know is a season ender. And Rapsheet had tweeted it, and Solid mentioned it, and we found out officially on Tuesday morning that it's true. He's done, and it's a wrap. And I listen, I, I'm recording this podcast at well past dinner time, and I've been thinking about Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, and the entire situation, the impact of that team on the league, on the division, all day long. It's consumed my thoughts. Now, I got issues. I'm not going to lie. I probably think about football too much, right? For a guy that's not a coach or a, or a player. It takes a lot of my, my my headspace in the fall. But this is something I, I'll never forget. And I mentioned this the other night, that visual of him sitting down there and then a couple minutes later on the cart, I'll, I'll never forget that as long as I live. And listen, my memory feels like it's slipping every day. But for whatever reason, sports and specific plays and incidents and injuries are, are things that stick in my mind. And that's one that will be entrenched in my memory forever. And I, I was thinking about, I had a friend tell me years ago, and he's part of just an incredible business that makes a lot of money and his family owns it. And he goes, you know, a lot of people think that we're just, you know, basically bulletproof. Nothing can ever go wrong, but they're wrong. Like at, at any moment, a law can change. Maybe the lobbyists in the industry we're in don't have the same juice. Uh, you know, a politician makes it their basically life's work to change the, the industry standards and things can flip at the at the blink of an eye and things happen fast and you don't realize they're coming even though things are going really well, right? We know so many people who get divorced that when they get married, you're like, God, these people are happily, these people are in love, head over heels for each other. And then a couple of years later, they're divorced. They can't stand each other. Like things change fast. Personally, professionally, we see it all over in every walk of life. I don't think there is anything quite like, because even when most businesses go under, I, I think the, the rule of thumb is it's a slow bleed and then it happens suddenly. But like when a business goes bankrupt, if you talk to the people on the inside, they say, yeah, we've been having issues for a while, <laughs> right? Like the newspaper industry. Like it happened, it feels like it happened pretty quick. I don't know anyone who ha ever has a newspaper in their hand anymore, but it was going on for a long time when things were trending the wrong way, right? And I can just speak for the industry I'm in. Same thing speaks for radio, right? Podcasts are growing and growing and growing and most local terrestrial radio and even national terrestrial radio uh, struggles and struggles and struggles. There is nothing like an injury in sports, especially to a powerful star player whether it's in the NBA, whether it's a star pitcher in baseball, whether it's obviously a quarterback or a star impact pass rusher or tackle or something in football. When that guy's lying on the ground or in the cart, everyone knows it. We are all thinking the same thing. It's over. Like, we have a major problem. Now, a lot of other positions, if you lose a defensive lineman, you can figure it out. If you lose your right tackle, 
you can kind of coach around it. There is no coaching around a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. I've been saying this. People have been DMing me this uh, for however long I've been telling this story since I read it somewhere for the last six months, eight months, a year. Is the Tom Moore quote about Peyton Manning and why they don't give their backup quarterbacks any reps. Because if Peyton Manning goes down, we're fucked, and we don't practice fucked. There's a reason you traded your first-round pick, and you were prepared to trade another first-round pick because you planned on Aaron Rodgers starting and taking every snap for you this year is because he's Aaron freaking Rodgers. And he changes the trajectory of your franchise. And he puts you in a position, you know, were they going to win the Super Bowl? Probably they're going to have some offensive line issues. But could would they have easily won last night? And would they have won 11 games pretty easily with that defense and Aaron Rodgers just playing average football for his standards? 100%. And now, I, I've seen a lot of talk about Sala and Joe Douglas and a lot of people DMing me and in the comments, like, could these guys get fired if this goes wrong? Or they wouldn't deserve to get fired. This is not their fault. And it's true. Because anytime that you make a risky move, part of the risk is it could be a disaster, right? Part of the risk is it might not work and this could have major consequences, I don't care at what level you are taking the risk, right? Whether it's speeding on the freeway, whether it's getting married, whether it's getting into a partnership in business, whether it's trading for a quarterback, right? We've seen it basically starting last year with Russell Wilson. That's a disaster for the Broncos. If they could get a do-over on that one, we all know they would gladly take it, but they can't. And he's not even hurt. He's just not nearly as good as he once was. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers was going to be an MVP-level player this year, though it was pretty clear the guy wasn't just rejuvenated. He was in a great headspace, and he was having a lot of fun playing football. I think the same could be said for Tom Brady when he went to Tampa. He looked miserable that last year in, in New England. The 19 year when they the Dolphins ended up beating him the last game of the season, and then they lost to the Titans in the playoffs. Tom was not having fun. Now, Tom is focused, and he's not always Mr. Smiley on the football field, but you could tell football was not the same to him as it was the next year when he was winning in Tampa. And that's a little bit what it felt like with Aaron Rodgers, is like, God, he's just not even just all in. He thinks the team's good, but he's just, he's rejuvenated as a human. And I've talked about this. I've moved. I've changed jobs. When you make the right move, it can do wonders for the soul. <laughs> it can do wonders for the mental. It can put you in a great headspace. And being in a great headspace, when you're as talented as someone as Aaron Rodgers, the sky is the limit, even though they clearly had some limitations with their tackles, right? And to lose him like that it is just franchise-altering. It, it, it really is because they traded a first-round pick, they owe the guy $75 plus million dollars, and they're really lucky that he gave the money back. And you don't have any options. Like, we're in going into week two. This isn't August 1st. What trades are you going to make? It, you know, Kirk Cousins, who maybe Washington punts on, well, they're not just going to give him away. He makes a lot of money. That's very complicated, right? You're going to beg Matt Ryan to come out of retirement? He stinks. I think Tom Brady has has hammered this home. I'm not coming back. And let's face it, Tom Brady, even if he was interested, is crazy to say, but at 46 years old, with his lack of mobility, makes no sense behind this offensive line. So they kind of, and I know they reiterated and they hammered home, we're rolling with Zach Wilson, and I understand why they're doing that. 
Uh, he actually, in a weird way, because of his mobility, is a positive, but can he play the position? And on the surface, they made the right move, getting Aaron Rodgers. But was it really that complicated? Like, you would have done it, I would have done it, we all would have done it. But now that it failed, it puts them in a position to really expose the worst move they've ever made or has the potential to be, and that's Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson is awful, it's listen, it's hard to judge him last night, but like now we're going to see for a little while. And if he looks like the guy we saw last year, even if the teammates and the operation are more willing to just embrace him and like him a little more than they did last year, and part of that was his fault, but he is just bad, like he's a bottom five quarterback, that's the type of thing that just makes people question your ability, right? Because my mom could tell you that trading for Aaron Rodgers is an easy move. We all know he's good. Like, that's not a complicated thing to do. Maybe the, you know, the logistics of the exact draft picks and the contract and stuff like that is why, you know, GMs have to deal with. But yeah, I want to trade for Aaron Rodgers. He's interested in coming here. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> tough one, right? Oh, Giannis, Kevin Durant want to come to my team? Okay, cool. Like it's it's a pretty much a no-brainer. But the Zach Wilson thing was not. And that, like Trey Lance, has not aged well. And most people, I think most Jets fans, because of their experience with him last year, think he's one of the worst players they've ever seen. And if this year goes bad, like it can't be argued, even with their flaws with the offensive line, their team is pretty stacked. Running backs are good. Garrett Wilson's a star. The other wide receivers are more than functional. And their defense is elite. I mean, the pass rush is incredible. Sauce, even if Diggs made a couple of plays, like beside Diggs and Tyreek, and obviously they got to play those guys four times, Sauce is locking up the majority of guys they're going to play, right? So, and, and the other guys on defense are fantastic. I just wonder if this thing could get weird. And I just don't think they have other options. And in fairness, like, what would their other options be? Jacoby Brissett, what, what, what is that doing? I, I mean, really. You drafted this guy too. I don't blame them, especially if they think he's improved a little bit to see what he has. But if it doesn't go well, what do you do? And here's the other predicament they're in. Is I highly doubt, even though emotions are high, Aaron's just going to tap out, right? I saw AJ Hawk, who's very close friends with Aaron, who says he would be stunned if this is how he goes out. So in theory, right, you already start planning, well, Aaron will rehab, even if he is older, and this is the injury that has knocked out a lot of older players into their careers, right? Kobe was never the same. Dan Marino, I saw him talking with Kevin Clark today on the internet uh, that he was never the same, even though he said the ability with doctors and the surgery last year, or I mean, back in the, it wasn't last year, it was, you know, 30 plus years ago. Actually, it was, yeah, 30 plus years ago. It was a lot different and clearly not as, uh, you know, not as buttoned up as it is now at the rehab, but it's still usually like an 18 month injury. And so 12 months from now would be week one. And you're talking about a 40-year-old guy. And usually the older you get, it takes you longer to recover from these injuries. So this is beyond a complicated issue. This is a devastating injury. I, I, I stand by this. I think it's one of the worst injuries I've ever seen. You can, oh, well, Tom Brady got hurt game one. Yeah, he was like in his, he was like 26, 27, 28 years old. He'd already won a bunch. And, I mean, as history shows, he was able to come back. But players come back from ACL injuries, right? Jimmy Garoppolo hurt his ACLs, came back, still, still rocking and rolling. Like, I would say an ACL injury would be better than this injury. You could argue of all the injuries, right, 
No, I'm like what Alex Smith went through. I mean, getting a leg amputated, potentially something like that. But just like an ACL, a shoulder, an elbow, you could argue this is the worst possible injury. It, it really is, especially for a guy whose game was different now than maybe it was five, six years ago. But still, he had enough athleticism uh, that he could keep things alive and, and kind of freelance to the ability that any 39 or 40-year-old is able to. Even if he is able to come back, does he become much more like some of the old-school pocket quarterbacks and have limited to no mobility, uh, especially if he's going to rush back and try to be able to play at the beginning of next season? So... Overall, what I want to get at here is, one, they had to make this trade, clearly, but there was a lot of risk involved. It was a 39, 40-year-old guy who, like, sometimes those guys get hurt. Sometimes there's a wear and tear on their joints, on, you know, the different areas in which they need to play that go out easier than some younger guys. And I'm not pretending to be a doctor here, but, and I'm not even going to blame it on the field. I, I don't pretend to know... You know, all, and listen, all, clearly a lot of the players are very down on turf, and I understand why they are, especially at MetLife. It feels like a lot of guys have been injured, even though I read that they got new turf this year. You know, I, I'd be cool with everyone going universal grass, but that's not the case right now. Uh, would that have happened no matter what? I don't know. But I, I do know that he's now gone, and I do think this just puts the Jets franchise on a completely different trajectory. Because at least you'd say for a couple years, and I've been saying this forever, he did not have to win an MVP. He did not have to win a Super Bowl. If he just had the Joe Montana Chiefs career for two years, get him to the playoffs a couple times, get him to an AFC Championship game, I think that would be a huge positive on the guy's resume. And now I think the conversation is fair to be had. Like, do we ever see him again? And if he does come back, is it one of those that's hard to watch? Is he not nearly the same player? Which would be you know, perfectly understandable, a 40-year-old guy coming off an Achilles. So, and you got to watch Zach Wilson. And that's, I said last night, I feel for every Jets fan because fans, especially, you know, NFL fans are just, you spend a lot of time reading about your team, the buildup for every game, and then three to three and a half hours, you're dedicating to sitting down and consuming your team. And that's where all the money in the league comes from. Right for everybody associated with the league, players, coaches, and the owners. And hell, I'm sitting here because of fans. And that's just something that feels like you don't wish that pain upon anybody. And that that franchise specifically, the the, the curse nature of just the narrative around it, like they, they aren't supposed to have nice things offensively. They've been basically an anemic franchise the majority of my life. Um, it, it just almost feels like it's destined to be this way. And that sucks because it finally felt like got Aaron Rodgers. We can just be competitive and, and compete e even if we don't beat the Chiefs or win the Super Bowl. If we win 11 games or in the second round of the playoffs, th that would be, fans would be elated. And, and now it feels like that ended before it even started, and that, and that sucks. When it comes to the AFC East, things dramatically change over the last 48 hours. Uh, the Dolphins' offense... I don't know if it's that shocking. We saw last year when Tua was on the field, they were pretty dynamic. Tyreek Hill is easily a top five non-quarterback on offense, and you could argue in the entire league, like, he's a dominant player. He's an unstoppable force. Jalen Waddle's excellent. We know how good McDaniel is with just schemes. Uh, I think the question is, their defense, Fangio's a stud. Like, easily a top two or three defensive coordinator in the league. And if you give him the right players more than likely, he's going to be the best defensive coordinator in the league. I don't think they got the players. 
there was a reason reason they traded for Jalen Ramsey. And he's injured and he's not coming back for a while. So you can't be a high-level defense in college and definitely the pros, which is, you know, a chess game if you don't have the personnel. Got a couple pass rushers, but that's about it. And we saw, you know, the Chargers score with ease. And I, I think it's going to be a problem for them all season long. The Pats, they're actually probably a pretty solid team. They're going to be good on defense. Their offense is not going to be nearly as anemic as it was last year. We know special teams will be a point of emphasis for every Belichick team. In theory, they should be pretty buttoned up, even though they haven't been the last couple of years. Maybe that's just a running theme now for Bill Belichick. And obviously the Bills, like, they got a Josh Allen problem. I saw Josh Allen said after the game last night that I'm the reason we lost. And he's not wrong. He was the reason they lost. The four turnovers, like, that's just, that can't happen. The, the, especially the YOLO interceptions in a game where they they had no chance, Josh. Just be careful with the ball. If anything, throw it at someone's feet. Do not throw it to the other colored jersey. And I think this division's wide open. Uh, I'm not just going to write off the Bills because if Josh Allen plays well, he's the best player in this division. I think the best unit in this division is Miami's offense if two is on the field. But when he plays a full season, he, that'll be the first time in a long time since Alabama. Right. So, and not his senior year at Alabama, or I guess it was technically his junior year, but you know what I mean? And the Pats, it's hard to just pencil them in because their personnel is okay, but it's not, you know, it's not 11 wins. And the Jets, this would give you, I guess, some hope as the division feels kind of weird, right? The Dolphins defense is terrible. And I, but I don't know. Like, do you envision Zach Wilson beating Bill Belichick? They play in a couple weeks. I don't. That's not a good matchup for him. Hell, it's not really a good matchup for any Jets quarterback. The only guy that was going to have a chance was going to be Aaron Rodgers. But you win this game, even if you play Dallas and get your ass kicked, you're one-on-one, you're playing the Patriots, you're like, we'll take our chances. Uh, I, I just think the AFC East now, I obviously picked the Jets to win the division. Uh, I don't feel I don't feel like that anymore. Uh, but I don't feel great. Like I'm not, I'm not just chalking. Everyone's acting like Miami's the greatest thing since sliced bread. They, they can't stop anybody. You know, and I can't pick the Pats. The Bills make me really nervous because they're quarterback. So this division's about to get really weird. Okay, a couple other things. Chris Jones. I think one problem with holdouts is so many former players, uh, you know, just have platforms or in the media. I mean, hell, we got Richard Sherman. They're all inclined to always, and definitely the media is just always inclined to take the players, right? We're going to take the millionaire stance over the billionaire stance. And I've always had a very simple outlook when it comes to this. Like, what is the right business move? I don't care really about either party. It's not my money. I, I do not care. And, and when the money's coming, it's not coming to me. So I just look at it objectively, take a step back and go, does this make sense? When Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack held out, I said, those guys are smart. TJ Watt last year, do not take a snap. Bosa this year, 100% on his side. But then they're the running backs. Like, bro, nothing's going to change, fellas. The, the money ain't going to come, so you might as well sign this franchise tag that is not $75,000. It happens to be $11 million. It's a lot of money. And some of you guys haven't exactly proved it for a long period of time. A couple of you are one-year wonders, right? So signing this contract, you're not actually getting screwed. I'm sorry. You're going to get no sympathy for me. The Chris Jones thing I found complicated because he was right there with Nick Bosa. He could have been the defensive player of the year. He was the best defensive player for a team that won the Super Bowl and their defense was really good. 
but his contract was about to end and he was making essentially $20 million. So technically, was he underpaid? 100%. But I think the Chiefs were in somewhat of a precarious situation because anytime you're signing a guy to a third contract, it makes teams nervous, right? For the most part, teams want to sign their quarterback to third contracts. Most of the other players, that's usually when you transition. And I think the Chiefs, who have a very good track record, right? The reason they traded Tyreek Hill is because they couldn't afford everybody. They, they, they would not have been able to afford their squad the way it's currently constructed with Tyreek Hill making what he got. So they had to trade him. You, you don't think they realized how awesome he was? <laughs> I mean, you think they're idiots? They, they knew what they were trading. Uh, hell, I'm a little shocked that he's tried as hard as he... I almost underestimated him. Like, I, I have actually more respect for him. Not that I thought he was going to go be like Antonio Brown when he went to the Raiders, but I just, I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. And I feel like he's trying harder. He's trying to up his legacy. I, I got nothing but respect for Tyreek Hill. But I understand this situation was a little complicated. But the Chiefs clearly weren't budging. And they weren't going to break down. And Chris Jones ultimately lost, right? Like, it's not like he got a huge raise. They essentially incentivized the fines in which they are legally obligated to fine him back. So he's going to make about $24, $25 million if he hits his incentives. Well, he was scheduled to make $19.5, and he got fined $3.5 million. So the two mafia guys he was sitting with at the game, I don't know what was actually accomplished. Like, what did you guys get out of this? Maybe you avoided injuries in training camp, but you missed a game where the incentives, I'm sure, were on the table that he would have been able to hit and then be closer to his 12 and 15 and a half sack totals. So I think this was just poorly executed. And it was dumb. Like, some business moves backfire. And we've seen them in the history of the league. Guys get rewarded for, you know, standing strong. I remember being a kid... Emmett Smith was like, I'm holding out. I want to raise. Jerry's like, no chance. Then the Cowboys went 0-2, and, and Emmett got his race. This situation, the Chiefs went 0-1. We're like, guys, we've been to three Super Bowls in the last five years. We're not losing that much sleep. We want you to be here. We're willing to incentivize. But if you think we're going to throw $90 million at you, like, I'm sorry, buddy. We'll see you week eight. And I think they knew, like, they were fucking with like, two guys, Andy and Veach, that weren't going to flinch. And Cats... Like, my advice to Chris Jones is, like, this is why you get CAA. This, this is why you get Drew Rosenhaus. They they typically don't make these stupid decisions because you have a big year. You're only 28, 29 years old. You'll break the bank again. You'll get a three-year fully guaranteed $100 million or they franchise tag you and trade you for a huge contract. So I think we have to acknowledge sometimes with these with these holdouts in the NFL they're not all equal. Some of them work and they, they have huge financial windfalls for the players. And some of them are moronic and are, have consequences. And, and this one clearly like was a waste of time. Uh, Jason Peters, I've talked about this before, but when I was in the NFL, there were very, very strict rules about the practice squad. It was kind of like the old redshirt rules in college football that once you played, like if you were a young player and you were on a crappy team and you end up playing six or seven regular season games, your practice squad eligibility disappeared. And so many players kind of washed out of the NFL. You know, they changed this rule, I think, during the 2020 season because it was all out of whack. But previously, it limited a lot of guys' careers. And they basically just threw out every 
limitation to get on a practice squad. There aren't any. You, you could be, Tom Brady could be on a practice squad. Jason Peters is 41 years old. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler. 41 years old. Seattle put him on the practice squad. And clearly they're doing that because they don't want to mess with their roster yet. They don't know quite their injury situations. And it's an easy way to get a look at a player in practice. Now, I think part of it is, you know, owners, previously the money has dramatically jumped. So paying guys $10,000 for the week is like me and you paying a guy $5 to take out our trash. I mean, it means nothing to these guys. Where previously... You know, when the league wasn't quite as profitable as it is now, those add up. And now nobody cares. And this is just a good life lesson. Money's all relative. And the more money you make, it's amazing the things you'll do that when you previously didn't have the money, you would have thrown up in your mouth even thinking about it. And this is a good example of that because it didn't just expand strictly. It had to the COVID year because everything was so weird. But the reason they didn't go back is they realized like, what were we really arguing over? Who actually cares? These rules were archaic and we don't even notice this money missing. And so I'm glad that the practice squad rules allow stuff like this to happen. And I give Jason Peters a lot of credit. I, I was around him when I was with the Eagles in the peak of his powers. He's, you know, he was, uh, when I first got there, he was like Trent Williams. I mean, he was the best left tackle uh, he was a freak. I mean, he was an elite player. And obviously at 41 years old, he's nowhere near the same guy. He's a little bigger now. But the guy likes football, man. He, he likes football and he can still play a little bit. So props to him for keep going strong. Cam Hayward, a guy that was on this podcast in the offseason, just, you know, one of the highest character, you know, potential man of the year in the NFL and one of the stalwarts for the Steelers. I mean, countless team, you know, years in a row, team captain, just an all-out stud is having surgery. Uh, I saw Tomlin acknowledged it. You know, I don't know if he tore or just has something wrong, uh, bad injury to the growing, and that sucks. Uh, big Cam Hayward fan. Well, I was a fan of the Steelers. I mean, I'm rooting for them to be good. I, I picked them to, to win the North. Uh, they got Dante Johnson. He's he's out for a while. You got Hayward out. I got Kenny Pickett looking like a scrub. I'm a little nervous. Now, I don't know, like, I'm, are the Browns just going to maintain it? I like the Steelers this week for sure. In terms of gambling, I'll promise you, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at them. But, I, you know, weekend, some injuries, what I saw, I, I'm not saying they were gutless, but God, at home, getting shoved around like that, and if your quarterback plays average, they'd be in trouble, and they'd be in trouble fast. So, I'm not jumping off the Steelers bandwagon, but I'm for sure not as confident as I was, you know, eight days ago. And last but not least, the NFL, they didn't release the numbers, but they, they I think they put out a press release, or I saw Florio wrote it, that so far the YouTube TV uh, ticket, the NFL package that's on YouTube TV, has flown by the direct TV in terms of subscriptions. And I do think a big reason, it's it's twofold. One, it's so easy to get, right? So many people now, even if you aren't a streamer, like you still have cable boxes, which I understand, depending on where you live, the internet. Um, some people, right, they still have the ability to stream. And it's so easy. And that was so seamless. And so many people, and on number two, like a lot of us stream. And a lot of us use YouTube TV. So it was literally just one button. And it could not have been any easier. And like I said, when I turned on my TV on Sunday morning, I realized I haven't, I don't even have a red zone. Well, back in the day with a cable provider, you'd have to call, you'd have to figure it out. 
I went to my computer, I pressed one button, and boom, Red Zone popped up on my television. And then through the NFL ticket, it creates all these boxes, right? It gives you all the different combinations of the games going on. It also gives you combinations like three and four boxes, some with Red Zone and three games. It's incredible. And they're not even, like, they still have ability to improve the product. Like, this, they're only scratching the surface. You don't figure it out on day one. And the thing I know with these tech companies is their ability to change on the fly. This isn't, it could look differently by October 1st than it does today. So I'm very pleased. I thought, I said I gave it an A minus. The only reason I didn't just give it an A because, you know, you can't pick the boxes yet. You know that's coming. But for being week one of, you know, what I was looking for, I I was pleased. And the the seamlessness of being able to use it. Uh, and I do believe this more and more. I just got my house that I'm remodeling basically hardwired. It's not cheap, but I had this guy basically hardwire my entire house. So, cause I'm going to stream all my TVs. I'm going to be on YouTube TV and I'm hardwiring all the televisions and a lot like, you know, I'm a podcaster. So I want to hard, have hardwired the internet in multiple rooms. Uh, but I'm excited to see how that turns out because I, I haven't had any issues in the office I'm sitting in and I, I just use the Wi-Fi. So once you hardwire it, I highly recommend it now. And I would imagine that's a service that will become much more cheap, you know, just much more consumer friendly in terms of the price point over the years, right? Just like televisions, 15, 20 years ago, a big screen TV was very expensive. Now you can go to Costco, get like a 70 incher for like 600 bucks. I'm telling you, the most, like, the thing that has been the most inflation-proof, I feel, over the years, and this was well before things got out of hand the last couple of years, has just been televisions. They've constantly gone down in prices. And then you go to Target, you go to Costco, you can just get, I mean, I, I'm going to buy an 85-inch TV for like $900 at Target. How do you beat that? I mean, I, I remember being a kid in like the late 90s, people paying thousands of dollars for this thing that looked the size of a Suburban. It was massive. And, and looking back, it wasn't even that clear. So I, I'm pretty sure the guy my dad worked for, we used to go to his house. He was the only guy I knew in town that had a big screen TV. The thing was as big as a van. It was huge. I'm pretty sure at the time, this would have been like late 90s. It, it was like $10,000. And it, it wasn't even that great a quality. It was just cool because it was big. Uh, but but the, the price points on these TVs, when you go to some of these stores, are just fantastic. And as someone who makes his living watching TV, I can't complain. Football is back in full swing with another week of Epic Games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code JOHN, J-O-H-N, to sign up. New customers can bet $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code JOHN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus, 
Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. CDKNG.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024, so get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, let's bang out some questions from Aaron. Middlecoff, question for the bag. I'm a big fan of Herbert. I'm amazed each time I catch a Chargers game. I've started to get concerned with a trend and was curious if you thought it was valid. In college, he had by far the most talented team in the Pac-12, but always blew games against inferior opponents that cost them a shot at the playoff. He had a Rose Bowl MVP, but other than that, his college career was super talented guy, super talented team, some success, but blew some important games. I feel like that's a trend. Top five talent roster for a couple years. He has shown his crazy talent, but doesn't seem to be a winner, or at least not yet. I'm not a Staley guy, but also thought Zach Taylor kind of sucked, but that didn't seem to affect Burrow from winning. Do you think this is a valid trend? Well, let me just push back on the Oregon thing. Oregon historically... I would say since, really since they got good, like late 90s, early 2000s with Joey Harrington up until now, has always had really good skill guys. NFL running backs, 
skilled wide receivers, NFL tight ends. When Herbert was there, they actually were not that talented. They did not have, I don't think, an NFL running back or tight end his junior or senior year, right? The talent that they have now, and obviously with Chip, was far superior. Like the guys Marcus Mariota played with were much better. Now, I think he's a better player in the pros than he was in college. I won't argue with that because he's putting up the numbers, right? Like he played winning football in the game the other day. And this gets back to, I'll defend Rodgers a little bit for some of the playoff games, not the Niner game two years ago. But like, if he's putting up 28, 30 points, you got to play defense. And here's what I'll say about Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor is a former quarterback, like knows the offense, can coach the offense, calls the plays. Herbert, and think about Zach Taylor's a good example, not the other day against uh, the Browns, but the last couple of years, their defense is really good. They have a good defensive coordinator. They have had good defensive players. The Chargers defense, I mean, it, it should have good results because they got Joey Bosa. It's got Derwin James. They add Eric Hendricks, who's a little long in the tooth, but still solid. Uh, you know, they trade for Khalil Mack. They signed J.C. Jackson, who got hurt. Now he's not any good. Uh, but they just don't. It doesn't really come to fruition. They had a stretch last year where they were good on defense. But then in the playoff game, the second half, they shit down their leg. To me, the number one thing to watch with a defensive coordinator, because ultimately if I got Micah Parsons or TJ Watt or Nick Bosa, for example, Miles Garrett, that guy at the highest level, if he's in his prime playing well, can get 15 sacks on the worst team. I saw uh, Khalil Mack become the defensive player of the year on a unit that was terrible. And with Ken Norton Jr. was his defensive coordinator. But he was such an elite player that it like you can't stop him. But to me, even if you give up yards, do guys know where to go? And sometimes it feels like people don't really know what they're doing. It definitely felt like that in the playoff game for Staley. So listen, is Herbert the perfect player? Of course not. But Brandon Staley right now in the defense is a major, major issue. Like they have a playoff level offense. I think we all agree with that. And he has nothing to do with Herbert, but he does call the defense and they constantly like, listen, I'd even argue it's more understandable for Tyree kill. One of the great players of all time to kick your ass than it was in the playoff game when they were blowing wide open, deep place. Question for the bag. Do the jets end up taking a big swing and trading for Kyler Murray? If the defense can hold up, they end up going four and two over the first four games. Could you see the front office taking a swing at Kyler in hopes of having a better quarterback play and making a solid run to the playoffs? This is what I talked about earlier. Here's the problem. That was a name I didn't think of. They're going to take Kyler's contract. Well, unless Rodgers retires, they still have his contract too. You know, I, I would assume as we sit here on Tuesday that Rodgers in his mind's like, I'm going to rehab and try to come back. And what if he does? You can't have two quarterbacks making that much money. So I, I don't even think it's an option. Gambling question. Do you prefer to put a lot of money on a couple bets or would you rather spread out a lot of money over a lot of bets? As someone who's been gambling a long time, had some big wins and lost a lot of coin, and I, I plan on, uh, I didn't bet the week one because it's a hard week to bet. And as you see, Stucky was hammering underdogs and he was right. But it feels like, wait, I'm going to take Tampa? wait, I'm, I'm going to bet on the Arizona Cardinals and it's the right thing to do, right? And I think the way to do it 
as the season goes and you feel really good about a game, I even think this week you got to be careful about going too big. But after a while, things really establish themselves. I like going big on a game or two. That's always been my philosophy. So if you love, let's just pick a game this week, Giants against the Cardinals. You're like, you know what? I think the Giants beat the shit out of them. You just put whatever your unit is, 100 bucks, 500 bucks, 1000 bucks, however you do it. Then let's just say you have $200 instead of spreading out four $50 bets, right? Because what's, let's say you hit two, you lose two, you actually end up losing that money because you got to pay the VIG, right? If it's minus 110, you know, you bet $50 to essentially win 45, right? So if you hit a couple of those, you only make 95, 95. And if you lose, you, you, you know, you lose 100 bucks. <laughs> so, you end up losing five bucks. So I, I tend to like when I bet on football is go big on a game or two. And the parlays, as someone who loves a good parlay, uh, they're very hard. They're very hard. So if, if you want to just sprinkle a $10 bet on like four or five games, that's the way to do it. I would never put a lot of money on the parlays. But I do like going big on a game or two once a team really establishes themselves. I also think week two is a good week to kind of go back against the grain, right? A lot of the teams that just got worked, I honestly I haven't even looked at the week two schedule beside the ones that I know, you know, just because I've heard them talked about so far this week. But like the Steelers, Steelers-Browns is a good example. I haven't even looked at the line, but most people are just, oh, the Browns, look, they looked awesome, beat the shit out of the Bengals, Steelers are in shambles. Steelers are winning that game. like Or definitely covering the spread. I, I like the Steelers in that game. And the teams that look bad week one, who we think are going to be solid, I think there's usually an overcorrection week two. Now, some teams are like the good teams, like the Cowboys, Jets. You know, I can see the Cowboys beat the shit out of the Jets. That's one. It's like, well, everyone's going to take the Cowboys. That's probably one I stay away from. Uh, 49ers, Rams. That's one pretty big line, but it's going to be a Niners home game down there. You know, a lot of people are like, I bet the Rams are a little better than you think. Well, the Niners have dominated the Rams over like six, seven years. But I like games like the Steelers and the Bang and the Browns. Two teams that are viewed as good coming in. One team wins pretty convincingly. The other team looks terrible. And everyone, including myself, is like, what? How did I pick this team to be good? That's the type of team that usually... That, that's my favorite game of the week. Steelers-Browns. Good question. It's crazy. My uh, the first ever big... When I was in college, I've told this story before, but 2008, I, would, I was a senior at Cal Poly... And I vividly remember being home for Christmas break. And I, I think I had to go over, take out the trash for, at a buddy's house. And he, his family had this big like TV movie room. And I watched the Giants Patriots. And it was the year the Patriots went undefeated. And the Giants almost beat them. And the difference was, I think, Brady hit Randy Moss down the right side. And I'm pretty sure it was for a touchdown. Basically, the, it decided the game. I remember thinking like, God, this they match up pretty well against them. So when the Super Bowl happened and it was Giants Pats and the line was like 13 and a half, I convinced my buddy Trent, I'm like, let's put all the money we have on the Giants. And at the time, I think combined, we put like close to $3,000. I'm pretty sure I put like 15 or 16. It was all the money I had in like a savings account. And it won. We watched the game together by ourselves. It was incredible. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Plax. I love that. We didn't even need the Plax touchdown, but that was sweet. Longtime listener. Admittingly, I'm a huge Pats fan, so I do have some bias. Listen to you talk about Mac Jones versus the Eagles, and in general, I know you aren't a big fan of him, as Colin and myself are. In that game in particular, I think the context is important. His pick six 
bounced off Kendrick Bourne's hands in a rainstorm. The same thing happened to Mahomes in the opener, and everybody blames Tony. I would say it's a little different. I'd have to slow motion that. Mahomes hit Tony in stride. Mac in the rainstorm, struggling to grip the ball, it floated on him, and Kendrick Bourne had to leap and had both of his arm extended. It was really high. Maybe you think I'm over-exaggerating that, but when I watched that live, he not only overthrew him, Kendrick Bourne had to like be Kevin Garnett and still went over his head. So I'm going to disagree a little bit there. And I also gave him his flowers. I said he played well after that moment. My thing with Mac is for him to be the Kirk Cousins of the NFL, and that's why Kyle Shanahan, for example, liked him and had to be talked out of taking him at number three overall, which is crazy to even think about, is because he thought he could be like that. And when I watch Mac Jones, I watch a guy who has moments like that, which he did during the Eagles, right? Plays in rhythm, uh, is accurate. And then I watch a guy who also turns into this, like thinks he's a playmaker and tries to make these miraculous things happen. Not necessarily on that play, but he did it a lot last year. And he doesn't have that ability. That, that's my only pushback. I don't think Mac is like Zach Wilson. I don't, or Trey Lance. I don't think he's like some unplayable guy. I, I just fundamentally believe, and I don't even finish your question here, is when you take Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett in the top 20, I, I just think that's crazy. I, I would never do that, even if I need a quarterback. Because historically, those guys with those physical characteristics hit later in the draft. So I, I don't really know what we're arguing. Uh, I guess... I believe with a full season, just as a functional coordinator in Billy O, he will improve and be a top 15 quarterback. My overall take with Mac is like if he peaks, right? If he ever reaches his ceiling, his peak is like 15, 14, 15. And I can never take a quarterback, and I'd say the same about Kenny Pickett. I, I can never take a first-round quarterback if that's their ceiling. I, I can't do it. So that's why I judge Mac the way I do. If Mac was like a third-round pick, I would view him differently. But you, you drafted him 15th overall. After four years, still love the pod. Just listen to your take on the Rodgers injury. I'm bummed. I have tickets to watch the Jets at the Cowboys this weekend. I'm taking my son and daughter. I bought these tickets because I wanted to be able to say I saw Aaron Rodgers play in person before he retires. And to give my kids that memory. And now I'll never have the chance. That's sad. <laughs> it really is. That was, that was a sad text message. I've seen him a couple times and he's he's pretty awesome. I saw Rodgers make the best play I've ever seen in person. It would have been 2013, probably, candlestick against the Niners week one. He rolled out to his left, and this was like peak of the Harbaugh defense, and he threw the ball to Jordy Nelson, who was who made this acrobatic sideline toe-tapping catch across his body on a string. I feel like it was 40 yards on a rope. To his left, obviously, he's a right-handed quarterback rolling out. I think he was running pretty fast. It, it was its the most jaw-dropping play I've ever seen live. Michael, pick six wasn't on Mac. It hit Bourne in the hands, and the fumble was on Zeke. Mac outplayed Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, and Joe Burrow on Sunday. Facing an elite defense, he made a lot of plays. I stand by it. It was not a good throw. It was not an accurate throw. He didn't hit... Kendrick Bourne in stride. Kendrick Bourne had to jump. And it hit off his hands, and it was a pick six. And ultimately, was the difference in the game. <laughs> like, part of my issue with Mac Jones is, like, I don't trust him in the weather. 
So part of being a good Patriot quarterback, as all you Patriot fans know, you have to be a good cold weather, bad weather, inclement weather player, right? Think where you play. Four or five games at home post-November 1st. At Buffalo, at New York, AFC playoff games. I don't trust him there. I just don't. And that moment, it was raining. The ball came slippery out of his hands. Tom Brady, one of his great attributes, thrived in the weather. Dominated in the weather. After watching Josh Allen blow the game against Rodgers' less Jets, I think the Raiders may have a chance of beating them in Buffalo on Sunday. The Dolphins look like they have a great chance to win the AFC East. Sorry for the weird emojis. I don't know what the hell happened. He basically has heart emojis around his uh, question. If the Raiders go to Buffalo and beat the Bills, I think it's like DEFCON 3 in Buffalo. That would be a disaster. You're telling me, one, you lose to a Rogerless Jets for the entire game. Zach Wilson, I know he didn't beat you, but he kind of did. He was, he was basically the starting quarterback the entire game. And then you lose to the Raiders at home. That'd be bad. And then if that happened with the Raiders, I think we'd have to take the Raiders. Could they make the wild card? Could they compete for the division? I, don't, I would never pick them over Kansas City, but, you know, are they an 11-win team? Because, you know, I can see the Chiefs, you know, 12 wins. You know, they're not going to be a 15-win team. So if, if you start 2-0 and and you haven't even had any home games, don't sleep on the Raiders. Do the Jets call Carson Wentz? Well, Joe Douglas was in Philadelphia during the Carson Wentz era. So a huge reason Carson Wentz is not employed by the NFL. And I've I've actually received some DMs with some inside information about him. Let's just say it's not like the film. It's not the playing quarterback ability. I actually saw RG3 say something today, got retweeted into my timeline, about the reason some guys are not in the NFL isn't because they can't play in the NFL. It's because they're distractions. And he's right, right? You can't be as famous as, let's say, Cam Newton and be a backup quarterback, which is not going to work. Coaches don't want to deal with it. He's 100% right. I'm not, maybe Cam Newton at this point isn't good enough, but once his starting reign was over, his career was kind of over. And I think the same thing for Carson Wentz. If you can't, don't view him as a starter, teams don't want him in the quarterback room. And that's really more of an indictment on him than it is on, like, just his play. Because his play is not terrible. It's not. Now, it's not great. Hell, I mean, look how many average to below average quarterbacks are hanging on in the NFL. So I, I would be stunned if Joe Douglas, a former Eagle, messed with Carson Wentz. And this is what I keep getting back to. There are times in sports where you are just screwed. And I think this is one of them. And that's what made last night such a powerful thing to experience. Because we all knew it. Like, there are no outs. There are no contingency plans. There are no trades. You're just fucked. Maria, my girlfriend, kept asking me, like, why is this? They can't do anything. I'm like, no, they can't do anything. They're all in. They gave up a first-round pick. They owe a second-round pick. They owe them a bunch of money. (laughs) You know, they're just... They're in. They're in the boat with them. And they're out in the middle of the sea. And they don't have a paddle now. Now they just got to hope somehow the waves lead them to shore. Look at the Broncos. I keep hearing this. Sean Payton will not have the patience for Russell Wilson. And that's probably true. I bet 
he's a month away from like, I can't stand coaching this guy. But what are they going to do? Bench him? Okay. His money and his impact on the salary cap, there is no changing that. And this is not Major League Baseball. His salary and impact over the next several years is something you can't shake. You are stuck with that. He's not a tradable player. So, like, there are certain things, like, it is what it is. And that's kind of this Rodgers situation. It's like, it is what it is. Trade for Jacoby. Well, what? What was that really going to do? How many weeks do you got to get him caught up on the offense? It's just, I don't think I've ever seen such a disastrous situation for a team that just had pretty high hopes. We could argue, like, were they too high? Were they unrealistic? I think we all can agree there was just some optimistic, the arrow was pointing up to just the arrow completely being lit on fire, burned to the ground. And now there is no arrow. And they're just, you just don't have options. I, I, I think you just ride Zach out for three or four weeks, see how that looks. And then I guess reassess. But I just don't really know what you're reassessing. You know, you just, Matt, Matt Ryan can't move. There's no retired old quarterbacks you want. Carson, you can't, you're not bringing him into the locker room. Because the other thing is most of their sweet players are like 24, 25, 23 years old. All, their, all the Jets' awesome players are all young and in their prime. They're incredible to watch fly around. Garrett Wilson's touchdown should have been a pick. He basically tipped the ball out of the DB's hands because it wasn't a very good throw by Zach Wilson. I thought about that a lot today too. Like that's a play that Rodgers makes in his sleep. He throws that on the on the right shoulder that's so far away from the DB that's either incomplete or he plucks it out of the sky. Instead, Garrett Wilson has to turn into like a video game player, tip the ball to himself. I mean, that throw is terrible. It, it really is. And part of what made Zach Wilson such a highly viewed guy by the Jets is his film in 2020 against a bunch of crappy teams. People were like, this is like Aaron Rodgers. He was slinging it all over the place. His accuracy was awesome. You watch him play, you're like, God, is he that accurate of a player? What makes Aaron Rodgers so special is that play, he makes that thing look routine. Routine. You know, it's like what makes great players awesome is like Tiger Woods does incredibly hard stuff and he makes it look easy. Steph Curry does stuff that you're like, how did he just do that? And to him, it's easy. Rodgers makes these throws, and he's like, yeah, make that throw every other week. Zach Wilson, just a basic, not even a fade, it's like a front shoulder, back shoulder, you know, play, which clearly they were attempting to do, doesn't even put it in the right spot, not even remotely close. Not only should not have been a touchdown, no chance that should have been completed. If anything, it should be a pick. People are like, Middlecoff, you're wrong on Mac Jones. He hit Kendrick Bourne in stride. No, he didn't, guys. He didn't. I'm not, I feel like I'm getting painted as, I'm not even that big of a Mac Jones hater. I used, you could never draft him at 13. I didn't like taking him at 15. I think he's like a third round pick. I mean, that's where I would have taken him, third round. Have a great week. I'll see you tomorrow. Subscribe to the podcast. Adios. The Volume. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.